Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Daily Drop-In Morning Show, where the Teach Better team is live every single morning, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern. We are so excited to bring a new face to our Teach Better community this morning. So be excited to connect with somebody new on Twitter, add them to your PLN, and continue the conversation of us striving to be a little bit better today than we were yesterday and a little bit better tomorrow than we were today. We also, of course, will have a good news article for you, some holidays and everything in between. So it is Thursday, April 7th. It's time to go fill up your coffee. We'll be right back. Happy Thursday, April 7th. We are diving into a wonderful show with you this morning. Thank you for popping into the Daily Drop-In. We have Mona here with us. How are you feeling this morning? I'm great, Ray. How are you? Good. I so appreciate you waking up bright and early to hang out with the Teach Better community. For sure. I wouldn't have missed it for the world. I was so excited about uh, being here. You know, we were able to connect in person, which I feel like I never get to say anymore, but we were able to connect in person just a few months ago. And now to have you on the show, I mean, this is so exciting because I know when we were able to talk shop, I just leaned over and I was like, you have to come on the daily drop-in show. So I'm thrilled to have you here with our community. Would you mind sharing a little bit about who you are, your background for people who may not be connected with you yet? Um, so I am a 32 year veteran educator. I've been a first grade teacher, a fourth grade teacher for a long time. I was the computer teacher and now I am the technology integration specialist, one of four on my team here in Berwyn South. I, um, Travel to eight schools. Uh, that's how many schools we have in our district, eight schools, helping teachers use uh, the technology where one-to-one iPads and best practices, right, to integrate lesson, to integrate technology into their lessons. I've been doing this job. This is, we're coming up on the end of my ninth year. And I actually, two weeks ago uh, in Illinois, it's like a thing to submit your intent to retire. So I submitted my intent to retire in the end of the 24-25 school year. So that's some exciting news for the world. That is exciting. That is. And the other thing that's been like taking my time these last two days is Twitter has a, it's going to have an edit button. Like I'm so excited about that. I know we have to eventually get into that because when that launches, we're all going to have just like a moment of celebration to have an edit button, aren't we? Yes, for sure. For sure. Well, you as a uh, as an educator supporting other educators with technology, you I can only assume you've had quite an interesting few years. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. The pandemic was was interesting, especially because at one point my team was down to two people. So um, two of us supported three hundred educators trying to get kids on Zoom, and I. I was, I was the one, I work very closely with our technology director. So I was the one who sent the email that 
Zoom is turned on, you know, maybe about two weeks after, for about a week we laid low, right? And we're trying, everyone was trying to kind of figure it out. And, and we were calling families, even though we've been one-to-one since 2012, but the infrastructure, right? We weren't really sure like how that all works. So then the next week we, I mean, while they were kind of laying low, we were on the back end figuring it all out, right? And so when I sent the email to launch Zoom, I got about a hundred replies in less than 24 hours. And it was all like, what about, what about this? What about this? What about this? And I was like, oh, I might lose my mind. <laughs> but it almost, it almost feels like it was yesterday, but in the same breath, it feels like it was a decade ago. Yes. Yes. I think everyone similarly has that same sentiment. It's always like, oh, you know, like those few that January to March leading up to COVID. And then maybe those first six months, everyone's, I mean, the people you talk to, especially in education are like, uh, yeah, I can't remember exactly when that happened, but I feel like it was maybe right. It's all kind of fuzzy. All a blur. It's all a blur. I can only imagine that your role has now shifted at least to a certain extent from that point on, obviously you were doing the role prior to that. And then now what have you seen to be the biggest differences for you? Um, well, for us as coaches, we know that innovation comes after a major event like COVID, but there's, you know, there's still, we're still in a healing place, at least in my district. And I think that's most places. I don't, I can only speak for what's happening here, but I'm just, and I know you talk a lot about gratitude on the show. And like, one of the things I'm grateful for right now is that I'm really going to do my first full coaching cycle of the year with a teacher. Like I started, we got back from break on Monday and we did some pre little bit of pre-work before break. And she's also a close friend. So we touch base a couple of times during break, but we really hit the ground running on Monday. And so we're, we're really, I'm really excited about the work that we're going to do with the students. Um, in fact, I'm getting observed today by my administrator and um, we're starting the project part of it today. So really grateful for that. Um, really excited that we're kind of, I think, finally getting out of that survival mode and really starting to thrive again, I think, as educators. I love that. I know you mentioned it, so let's get into it maybe a little earlier than usual, but we use an app called Happy Feed. For those of you listening that are familiar, it's a it's a free app. It was a recommendation from a member that actually joined the show just about six weeks ago, and it's a way for us to document a, a daily moment of gratitude as well as also to have the flexibility to go back and revisit these moments of gratitude, which is always so wonderful to be able to reminisce yes. on those memories. So, so Mona, if I was to document a moment of gratitude, is that what we want to go with this morning? Is our appreciation to be actually have the ability to implement a a you know coaching cycle to have this you know wonderful project underway? How do you feel about that? Yes, I think that would be great. I think that captures it well. I think that's so wonderful. I love these moments of gratitude in our Happy Feed app. And like I said, it's always so fun to be able to go back and see what people have shared. But in addition to your role in the school district, obviously as a coach, a very active member of that incredible community, you also keep very busy because we met at a conference together. Uh, yes, I love, I 
I'm not a person who sits still. I knit because at least when I'm sitting down, like I'm also being productive, right? So I'm like that person that's like the energizer bunny. I'm always seem to be doing something. Um, some of the things that, uh, like I do love presenting at conferences and training teachers here in the district, doing that kind of work. Um, the thing that I presented on at the conference was, uh, I wrote a book for a book creator and don't tell Dan, but I probably would have done it for free, but I got paid to write a book. Like, that's so awesome, right? I was like, oh, yes, check out that off the bucket list, right? Like, I got paid to write a book. So it's, um, and then someone who's not in education, but, you know, in my life was like, well, where can I get it? And I was like, online. And they're like, oh, it's not like a book. And I was like, no, but I wrote a book and I got paid for it. So that's a big deal. You know, that whole, that whole story and that whole process is going to be so interesting to our community. So I do want to learn, like, truly how that all went into. I know we're going to get into it later in our brainstorm bank. I really want to dive into how you got into writing the book and, and, and everything in between. But tell us at least for right now, the premise of the book. The premise of the book, it's called um, uh, Using Book Creator with Language Learners. And um, there are 14 tried and true activities lessons in there that you can open the book and do with your language learners. You look at it today, you could do them tomorrow. And they're across all content areas. Like we did one for the music teacher and the gym teacher and, and the art teacher. So there's, there's a little bit of something for everyone. And I would say that it's K-12. You could, I mean, there, the focus is elementary because the, my co-author and I are, you know, elementary people, but you really could, especially with a newcomer, you could use them K-12. I love that. When does this project come to fruition? I know this is something you're very proud of, and there's a lot of stories we're going to dive into, but was this something you started working on a few years ago? Is this a newer concept? How, when, when did the book officially well, come out? The book came out, and that's interesting, too, because I would have loved to have when it came out, presented on it at IdeaCon, but it came out in January of 2019. So the submissions are due like six, uh, four months prior, right? In August or whatever, September, something like that. So it was, we were still writing it. We were still figuring it out at that point. So, but I got to IdeaCon that February and people were talking about it. And I was like, I'd like, wow, that's amazing. That is so, you know, it was being like, there was an ESL presentation and someone that I know walked past me and said, they just went over your book in that presentation. And I was like, oh my God, I wish I would have known I would have showed up. I didn't know, you know, but they also, I think, added it kind of last minute because it was so new. So uh, that was the beginning of 2019. And then I didn't, I don't know why I didn't submit to present on it in 2020, but then there wasn't one in 2021. I mean, it was virtual and we were all yeah. hanging on for dear life. So I didn't have the capacity to take care of that. And then I did it this, I presented on it this year at IdeaCon, um, a long time in the making, but it's really interesting how that all came to, that, that all came to pass because of connections like this, right? Like I was doing work with um, uh, Tom DeCord and his crew out on the East Coast. And why does the name of his company escape me at this moment? You know who I'm talking about. Um, and Beth Holland um, 
and I, of course, became very good friends because she's an amazing woman, Dr. Beth Holland. And she called us up and said, I do a lot of work with the book creator team and they're looking for someone to do an ESL book. And I thought of you and your work that you do in your district. And I think you would be amazing on this project. And I was like, wow, this scares me. I should do it. Right. This scares me. I should do it. And so, and at that point, I was actually had a different co-author who dropped out. So I had to find a new co-author, which it actually worked out perfect because the ESL by literacy coach in the district was like, yes, please. Of course, I've always wanted to write a book. Let's do it. So we worked together. And this was a woman that sat across from me in the office. And I also taught all of her children because that's how tight knit of a community that we have here in Berwyn. Right. And so uh, it was a the process is fun and amazing and push my boundaries, right? Like working on deadlines and being clear and concise in your communication. And then she was really did all the hard part, in my opinion. Now she would say I did the hard part, right? Because I made sure that everything that we said was going to work in Book Creator had to work that way in Book Creator, right? So um, which is an amazing tool. They're, they are also like a great, you know, and, and one of the reasons why I was so excited to be on this, right, is again, increasing your PLN. And like, I, we have a, we have a little community of those ambassadors. We have an app as well with like daily drop, daily updates about what's going on in our community and then this community and then my actual school community and like just Twitter in and of itself is a huge community, right? So like there's all these ways to connect with people and it's just for me, bucket filling. So important. It's so, so good. And I'm thrilled that you have so many different spaces that fill your bucket, keep your interest. You get to be a learner in so many spaces, but you also get to educate and share in so many spaces. We're going to be right back as we dive in. It is Thursday this morning, and so we're going to start with our brainstorm bank, and I really want to dive into the story behind this book writing. I know this is so exciting for our community. We have so many different educators that have aspirations to write a book, but also the content within the book I know is so important, so we'll be right back. Good morning, everyone. It is Thursday, April 7th, and we are diving straight into our brainstorm bank. As many of you know, this is a segment we do every single morning where we get to just simply share about our topic, our theme for the week, get into the passion space of our guests, but then also take your questions live. So of course, if you are working on brainstorming something that you want to brainstorm partner with, Mona and I definitely do not promise to have the perfect solution for you, but we would love to be part of the brainstorming process to direct you in the right direction. You know, Mona, we've been able to touch on so many things so far, but our theme this week is all about lowering our stress level to increase our capacity. I know that we have so many stories that I want to get into about how you got into writing a book, which I know so many educators just have aspirations to do someday. It's such a bucket list item. But I'd love to start out by connecting the stress of deciding to take on a new project like this in the middle of obviously having a full-time job and juggling as many things as you're juggling, and then how that ended up actually bringing you, you know, some sort of joy, connection, support that allowed you to be 
you know, successful throughout, throughout that time. I'm sure it was stressful to decide to write a book. Is that true? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, like the actual real, right. Like, yes, I've always wanted to do this. And then you say yes. And then there's that realization of, yikes, this, oh, this really is a lot of work. Right. Mm -hmm. And I still have to go coach and I'm a school board member. Right. And I, you know, my kids, I think at that time were just getting out of the house. And I think I started my divorce. So like, yes, it was a stressful time, but I thought this was worth doing, right? Like we do, uh, one of the things we talk about here in our district is if you're not telling your story, who is, um, that's why one of the reasons we really encourage, I'm the social media manager as well for the district. And so that's one of the reasons why we encourage our teacher at the very teachers at the very least, like get on Twitter or find your Facebook, you know, group that you identify with or, but connect with that broader audience outside of this, because you can get so siloed in your, in your, in your classroom, in your school, right? So connect with others. So um, that was a that was like a lot of what was like in my ear. Like, who's this? Is a story that needs to be told, and who's going to tell it? And you and Lucy can. It's within your capacity to do this, right? So make it happen. So it's like 2018. You you have this outreach to a friend or a colleague who says, "Hey, you should write a book. You have to find a co-author." And then as you get writing, how did that process go for you? I know it takes a long time to write a book, but you also have to go through so many different phases of editing. What What's the story behind that? Yeah, so the um, the people at Book Creator are amazing. Again, I said that earlier, but it's true and very patient. And like, you know, I think uh, like even first of all, like he's like, send me a contract and and name your price and. I probably lowballed it. I mean, honestly, who I didn't know. I asked the, I'm like, I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to write in the contract. And so it's like hooked me up with the girl who wrote the book for them just prior to me. And she kind of coached me through that. Right. So like just setting up a contract and, and getting what, like naming your price. I don't know. One, and that's scary as educators. We're like, we know how to, how to communicate, you know, information. We know how to facilitate discussion. We know how to align standards. I don't know how to write a contract. I don't know how to price myself. I mean, that's a very like business mindset yeah. mentality. That's a yeah. skill set that we didn't sit in college classes to learn how to sell ourselves, right? So, so when you're when you're finding yourself struggling with a new idea, connecting with someone in your network that can coach you through that process is a wonderful use of your PLN. Yes, for sure. And she it, it was invaluable. And, you know, to your point, like teachers don't, generally speaking, don't have that mentality at all. Like I even said in the beginning, you know, like don't tell Dan, but I probably would have done it for free, right? Like just because we want to share and we want to be valuable to everyone and we want everyone to be happy and we want all kids to benefit from everything that we do, right? And, and, and that kind of thing is the mentality of teachers. So to, you know, so that, that part was, you know, interesting and certainly a learning process that, so just setting up the business end of it was, was big. 
And then I do to say, I want to give a little shout out to our, we have an edupreneur mastermind here in the Teach Better community. It meets on Mondays and Thursdays. If, if any of you listening are not aware, you can learn all about it at teachbetter.com. But we call it edupreneur because it's like education, educators, and, edu, you know, like entrepreneurs exploring this balance of how do you market yourself? How do you price yourself? What's all the business stuff that, that nobody taught us in school? And there's yes. so many different educators in that group in different phases of that process, but very similar to what you're talking about. Like, who can I go to to help me mock up a contract? How do I figure out this number that I'm essentially feeling like I get to make up on the spot? So for those of you who are interested, definitely continue to reach out to your PLN. There's great opportunities to be able to learn those skills if and when any of you are interested, yeah. but educator mastermind. So funny. So good. Conversation. Oh my God, no, that's a great tip. That's awesome. I think, you know, again, if you teachers have aspirations, that's definitely a place to go to get be the resource, right? Especially if, if you don't, like you said, like being coached from someone else in your PLN, you're not even sure who that person is. Right. So yeah. you come here and find out. So then it was like brainstorming all of the things, right? Like, and honestly, it was a lot like we teach the kids, like come up. I think we had like 25 ideas. Right. And then they were like, well, the, the books that can't be that long. Right. And so let's pare that down. What's really going to work for teachers? What really works for your teachers, I think, was what he said back, you know, like rank those. So we did. What do we really think is like most impactful? Um, and then we went from there. And so it was what do we think is most impactful and and how can we hit the most content areas? I think were the two asks from, from the book creator team. So that's how we got like the, the gym art and music ones in there as well. Like let's hit those other. So it, it, you know, it wasn't like, you know, the top 10 or the top 50, you know, it's 14. That's just an odd number, but that's what worked. And that's what made the book doable. Yeah, absolutely. So you go through this whole process, you're writing with a co a co author, which is I, I've experienced with that I'm it's so challenging to be able to share some vulnerability and what you feel like should be shared and go back and forth throughout that process. And then you end up submitting a final draft in some regard. And was it crazy to be able to see it like out into the world? Well, when it was finally published, right, it was like, Oh, this isn't real, right? Like, that's that's my name on the front and the other thing was we I, it was what's interesting is like the author illustrator piece as well and and I find that process even I like when you meet authors and they talk about their craft as well and then you especially like children's books and they talk about like I've never met the the illustrator like they live on the other side of the world or whatever it is similarly with this like we had some input on the book cover sure. um, and our like crude mock-up because we're neither one of us are artsy people really um or in that regard I guess right like everybody's a math person everybody can do art right but like in that regard and then what they brought to life for the cover was just amazing it looked it was it was uh exceeded our expectations when we were talking with them about what we thought the cover might look like. Yeah. Um, so really being able to bring that vision of it's like, it's a, it's the globe and then there's a bridge and then there's flags from all over the world on the cover. And so that was, you know, the big thing that we talked about was like 
bridging languages together, right? Whether it be English to, you know, Spanish to English, English to Spanish, because we do dual language here too. So we have, we have kids who are born English speakers learning Spanish and kids who are born Spanish speakers learning English together in the same classroom. So we wanted it to be this, not just kids learning. This isn't just about kids learning English. It's about kids learning language because one of the things that Lucy, my co-author said to me right off the bat was we are all language learners, Mm -hmm. right? And every day we, you know, I read, a, like, I just got finished reading a novel and I like reading it on my Kindle because I can, all those big words that authors use that I'm not familiar with. Like, I love learning new words. And so I'm like, that's the way I'm a language learner these days, right? Learning new words for my vocabulary, right? Mm-hmm. So, so powerful. It's a great reminder for all of us on this Thursday morning that we are all language learners. That's really, really important. Yeah. And honestly, depending on who you publish with, for anybody listening who has goals and aspirations, this process looks a little bit different depending on who your publisher is and how they go about, you know, the curation of your book, the design of the book, how they go out through the publishing realm, the marketing realm, all the things that come with this. But you know, I, I think it's so wonderful that you chose to put your voice out there. You chose to share your expertise, obviously celebrating that it's out now. You're able to support so many different educators in their journey of supporting all language learners, which I think is so wonderful. If somebody wants to pick up the book and, you know, be able to read it, right, where can they go to go consume this information? So there's two places that you can get the book. One is on the Apple Bookstore. And then the other is at bookcreator.com and you click on teacher resources and they have a whole bookshelf there. Um, They, and they will tweet. I mean, if you go down their Twitter feed, they, they're tweeting about their books every, you know, almost probably once or twice a week. And the last time they tweeted about this one was probably about a week and a half ago. So, um, you know, they keep sort of bringing them all of them around. Sure. So people are aware and easy access to them. It's so important. Those are the two pieces. Perfect. Lots of opportunity for us to go grab that. And I know that so many of us this week are focusing on our level of stress. If I don't, if you don't mind, I'm going to bring us back to that. How do you balance all the work that you're doing and then also taking on these projects that you're clearly very passionate about? Because I know so many in our community continue to feel like they are you know, pouring from an empty cup, right? They want to give more. They want to support their their community more, their students more, their families more. But you just run out of time, right? There's only 24 hours in the day. And gosh, I don't, you know, how do you keep your energy up? So as you're thinking through your process of being extremely busy and obviously taking on this massive project to share your voice, any tactical tips and tricks that we can share with our community on how to balance that stress level? Yeah, I think, well, you know, it's, it's different for everyone. And, and I have a few things that, that I love to do outside of work. Uh, One of them is sleep. Sleep is my favorite thing to do. So I always think a good night's sleep is very important, but I, um, I do yoga and I really have found it, um, very, very helpful in centering me in helping with the breathing. I know earlier in the week, you talked about meditation. I do meditate from time to time, but I find that a little bit harder to focus on that kind of a thing. 
Um, cause I'm more of, like I said, I'm an active person. Um, so yoga is sort of helps with that, right? Like it's about the breathing and centering yourself, but you're also doing a lot of movement. So, um, I found a, a couple of YouTube channels that I really like. And because I'm not, I honestly, now that the pan after the pandemic, I don't think I'm going back to the gym. So I found a couple of YouTube channels and I do them pretty regularly. And like a 10 minute flow is all you need. And you should be able to spend 10 minutes, at least 10 minutes on yourself and that kind of a thing every day. Yeah. I will say I love yoga. So you're speaking my language. I am addicted to Aloe Moves yoga app, which they have a ton on there, but um, it's like a annual subscription and I am addicted to this one trainer that just like kicks my butt because it is relaxing. I am able to recenter myself, but I get, I always feel like I get a really good stretch, a really good workout in, which I yes. think is two birds, one stone. But what YouTube channels do you, do you watch? Cause I know that there's so many out there. Could you recommend one or two to our community? So, the, the one that I have landed on for yoga is coach Sean V V I G U E. I believe is how he spells his last name. And he, and he's does, he's, he's about my age. So I think like some, he makes some silly, funny references to pop culture things from like the eighties. So that intrigues, like that keeps me interested. Um, But he has all these playlists. So like with Pilates, you know, yoga and Pilates, yoga, 10 minutes, morning stretch, uh, daily 30-day uh, challenge, um, yoga for athletes. Like, he's got all these different things. So depending on your skill level, and there's probably, I, I don't know, he's probably up to four or 500 videos by now, right? So, like, you've got a lot to choose from. If you can't, I mean, if you don't like him, that's one thing. But if you, you should be able to find something that interests you based on your skill level, if you like him. Yes, absolutely. And I love being able to throw that on my calendar as well to say, Hey, I'm taking an hour to myself. I'm, I'm going to do yoga and to be able to black out that time. So people who have access to my calendar are aware that I'm busy, but also people who might try and schedule time with me. I'm, I'm very intentional to say, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not available at that time because I had something on my calendar which I get to give myself permission to, you know, take me time when it's, when it's there. So I'm sure there's a lot of ways and systems to make sure that your yoga schedule happens for you, but it's always helpful for me to throw that. I love that tip because I think that they're especially, well, I think it just maybe it's personality driven and educators, maybe even male educators as well. Like we're just so giving of ourselves. And so saying like, this is my time, please don't bother me. I think it's difficult for educators. And then also like in this connected world that we live in, that our phone is like always like right here. Right. It's like, um, I know I have, I have an issue. Like I really worked hard over spring break last week to be intentional, intentional about not using my phone for a couple of days. It was hard. It was really hard. I, next thing is taking out the SIM card. Honest to God, like I just, um, I wasn't as good as I wanted to be about that. And so I think that too, like trying to eight o'clock or nine o'clock or whatever your threshold is, like be done. And that's really hard for me as well. But I strive 
every day to try to do that. I struggle with the same thing, but I think it's interesting what I found. I don't mean to, to get too personal here, but what I found is that I, I know I'm supposed to take time for myself, but I struggle rationalizing it to others. So if you're, if you're listening now and thinking, yeah, I know I'm supposed to take time for myself. I know I'm supposed to take 10 minutes to do yoga, but when someone asks me, I feel guilty explaining to them that I need to take time for myself. It feels very selfish. And so your strategies, exactly like you're sharing, putting things on the calendar. So you don't have to say, oh, I'm taking me time during that time. But instead you can say, oh, I'm already scheduled at that time. I'm busy. You don't need to elaborate further. Or like your example of the phone, you know, turning it off and, and putting it away, having to like click on it and realize if you really want to access it, you have to turn the whole thing on is like that double check. Like, do I really want to turn it on or do I, was it just yeah. habit that I clicked on it and I actually don't have anything I need to check at the moment? You know, it's so funny. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I a hundred percent believe that you are correct on that. So many of us have that issue of feeling guilty that we're not continuing to give, 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 right. And, but then, like you said earlier, like people are saying, I don't have, my bucket is empty. Well, that's part of the reason your bucket is empty. Right. You need to find what your filler is. And be selfish. It's okay to be selfish about that. Yeah. So, right? Like, say no now to say yes to better things later, right? Ooh. Yes. I love that. Good. Oh, Mona. Let's see. There's been a number of different tweetable quotes you got to write down here. I love it. You know, before we get into our good news and our holidays for the day, I want to um, just ask you, you know, you came on Daily Drop-In. We were so excited to be able to talk shop a little bit more. Uh, it was wonderful being able to hang out with you in person at the IdeaCon conference in February. We love the crew over at IdeaCon. Shout out to them and the incredible community they have over there for Illinois educators. But if you had one soapbox moment, one topic that you were like, gosh, friends, if you only hear this in this entire 40-minute show, here's what I want you to make sure you take away, what would that message be? Oh, gosh. I um, I think, um, kids are capable of way more than we give them credit for, Ooh. you know, I, I, you know, we, we talked a little bit about it in the pre-show and I know like I could sit here and talk, I, I like, I love you, Ray. And we connected right away. I think sitting there playing golf, right. And at, at the, at the social event and, and I could to probably talk to you all day about all things education because we seem to be on the same page about a lot of things, right? But just really quickly, I run a student-student-led um, student par students participate. It's all kids do everything. I mean, the adults are there just to make sure like nobody really gets hurt or anything. Um, but students present on it, it's a student technology student technology, breakout style student technology conference. Kids present for 25 minutes to their peers. Third through 12th graders can present or be learners or both. And um, they blow me away every year by their, their knowledge, their kindness and compassion to the other kids in the room. Like, 
the kids sitting being learners know that that's a really hard thing to stand up in front of all your friends for, and even people you don't know for 25 minutes and talk about what you're passionate about. And so they're, they're so kind. That was great. So they uplift each other. The worst problem I have that day is kids running in the hall because they're so excited to get to their next session, right? Like that's the worst problem I have that day. They're just, so, such like-minded kids together all day on a Saturday. They give up their whole day on a Saturday to come and hang out and do talk and talk tech, talk about STEM stuff and tech stuff. And so I think kids are just um, capable of so much more than we think. And we need to just keep putting all of those ideas and um, challenges out there for them and it will resonate. It, it might, you know, you always have those kids where you're like, oh, come on, please just like this because you seem to be disconnected from school or whatever. But just kind of find what it is that they're passionate about. And eventually, you know, if you build work, if you work in those relationships, right? Like I go around the district now and the kids are like, oh, you're the lady who runs a conference. Right. So, um, so anyways, I just think. If people listening want to learn more about how you created and facilitate a fully student functioning, incredible breakout session event, uh, would you would you be open to them direct messaging you on Twitter and reaching out for resources? A yes, absolutely. Either either a, a regular tweet or a, direct, a DM on Twitter. Absolutely. And if we don't follow each other, follow me, I'll follow you back and then we can DM where there is sort of a playbook and I've actually written a whole uh, job description list now, like for, for the volunteer, for the adult volunteers, like what's the job? How many hours does it entail? Do you need to be at the conference or is it pre-work stuff that you can help me with? So I have like all these resources that kind of like, I would hope, hopefully for some people, it might be like conference in a box. That's, I mean, isn't that so wonderful to not start from scratch? So many educators are constantly brainstorming ways to elevate students' voices. I love the concept of putting on more of like a conference feel with that, with students. So why start from scratch? Go steal all the resources from Mona, and then you're able to adapt and tweak yeah, it. For sure, for sure. I love it. So important. We're going to transition here really quick for our good news this morning, some good news articles, some holidays, everything in between. So we'll be right back. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday, April 7th. We are going to wrap up the conversation here with some good news articles and also some holidays for the day. Mona, I know you're already at school ready for a busy day ahead. Are you ready to celebrate some holidays? Yes, yes. Awesome. This is good, good, good. I do this every day too. I What app do you use? Uh, you know, we very frequently start our base with nationaltoday.com. Have you visited that one before? No, I do national day calendar and he sends me that his name is Doug and he sends me an email every day to tell me what it is. I need to probably have a cross reference. So that's a good tip. Honestly, I feel like we have just like a list of curated, you know, holidays and there's, there's always so many. One yes. I want to say today is uh, national burrito day. That is not a bad thing. I love a good burrito. Did you do that one too? 
Yes. And I think I might go get one for my favorite place today because we have great Mexican restaurants here in, in Berlin. See, I, I love that. I need to go find a good burrito today. I don't know where I would go for that, but I'm yes, conscious there's exactly lots of options in my area. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to come. I'm going to have to go your direction to go find a good burrito. Uh, the next time you're in Illinois, you call me and we'll hang. Well, I'm in Illinois. I'm in Chicagoland area. I'm just not as far. I think you're more north than me. I'm in Naperville. Oh, I know. I'm straight west from you. I can see like my, my, I didn't know. I thought you were in Ohio. Why did I think No, the, a lot of the members of the Teach Better community are in Ohio, but no, okay. I'm, I'm Chicagoland. Yeah. Through and through. So I'm on like Harlem and Iden. See? See, we're not far from each other at all. Okay, well, we'll hang out then. We're going to go get a burrito. All right, it's also World Health Day. So those of you who are looking for holidays to bring to your classroom, that would be a great one. It's also um, National No Housework Day. So nobody should be cleaning today. Do you agree with that, Mona? Oh my God, that must be my, this might be my favorite day of the year. I love it. So no cleaning. I will say on my to-do list today, this evening, I actually did have that I need to clean up and spruce up the house to kind of get ready for the weekend. I, I think I need to change my plan. Oh, yep. Yeah. All right. What are we considering housework? Like if I need to fold laundry, is that housework? It is. Oh, bummer. What about like, I really need to vacuum. Is that, is that housework as well? What about empty the dishwasher? Can I do any of these things today? No. Mm, terrible. All you right. Well, Turn on the robot vacuum. You had a robot vacuum. Your your robot can vacuum. That's what I need to do. And you know what? I do have one of those. And um, I don't know what brand I have, but all I know is she yells at me all the time. The vacuum has quite a sass that they that she likes to boss me around. So maybe I'll have her do the housework today. That'll be good. Mona, the other thing I wanted to share was we love to be able to bring a good news article to our community. And sometimes these good news articles are just wonderful to be able to foster relationship colleague to colleague. Sometimes they're helpful to be able to bring to our students. I think this one actually could be um, brought to a number of people in a variety of ways. So I'd love your thoughts on this. I'm going to give you the headline okay. and then I'd love to, to love to debate kind of how we can bring this into our classrooms or continue to foster a relationship it says, um, the, type, the, the headline says, uh, it gives me a reason to get up in the morning. And the description is how virtual reality technology is actually helping seniors and adults cope with isolation and depression. So it's getting into this concept of virtual reality, augmented reality being provided to seniors living, a senior living facilities and actually exposing them to a world beyond the communities that they're living in. What are your initial thoughts on that, Mona? Oh my God, I love it. I love, love, love it. So we have, I have Oculus here. There you go. And I actually do it with our eighth graders. Um, they do a Holocaust unit and I do the Anne Frank uh, VR, the Anne Frank Annex experience with them. I think that VR is a huge thing for um, our kids in education, as far as like that empathy piece, right? Like gaining empathy, like for the Franks and their situation. And what was it actually like? And, and honestly, actually having COVID has helped me relate. Like, do you remember when we first went in and you couldn't do anything and you couldn't go anywhere? And just imagine having to do that for 25 months of your life. Like that's about now, like that is now. Imagine having never left your house from the time we went into 
lockdown from COVID till right now, kids. Like that is their thing. And then when they left their house, they went to prison. Mm-hmm. Right. And so how, like, think about that. Just think about that. And so for seniors, like, um, and I think about my own mom who's 85 and doesn't actually get a, and, and again, so many seniors suffered so much during COVID because they told, more than any other group, I think feared for their life. Right. And so, um, so I think using VR with them is amazing. Amazing. Yeah, this article is is really, really interesting. If you guys want to explore further or bring this to anyone to, again, continue to foster those important relationships of good news. But it's a really inspiring story about a wo- wonderful woman, Ms. Uh, Bergman, who actually created a company um, p- before COVID to be able to bring this, you know, virtual reality, augmented reality to senior homes and senior communities. And then when COVID hit, they were forced to stop because of obviously all the all the restrictions that were created. They're celebrating the fact that they're finally, after a year and a half, um, of, I mean, when this article was written, they're finally back in those communities, being as safe as possible, bringing this uh, option back to those communities because they know that there's so much isolation happening now because of health, this health crisis. And they're so excited to be able to allow seniors to explore all different places around the world and really continue to, to see outside their communities. It's a beautiful, beautiful article. Thanks to uh, today.com. And there's a video. So definitely something worth yes. checking out. Oh, very powerful, right? To either go to a new place or for some of them to bring back memories of places they visited, right? Like, oh, that's so heartwarming. Thank so you for that great article to light, Ray. That's awesome. So good. Mona, I always love talking shop with you. I do want to make sure our community is able to stay connected to you. I know your Twitter handle has been on the screen this entire time. So if you're watching as we stream live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn, you've had access to that. But if somebody's listening after the fact on Teach Better Talk podcast, how can they stay connected to you? Um, I do have a YouTube channel where I do some tutorials. I haven't done a lot lately. I have a blog, which I was been really starting to blog again. So that's um, talesofaneyecoach.com. Um, and thank my great graphic designer for making a great uh, blog for me that suits me well. Um, Twitter is where I probably spend most of my time. My my Insta is family. My Facebook is family. So you don't really want to see that. Um, <laughs> like I mean, if you do, that's awesome. But so I I think that those are like the big places in education where I live in those spaces. Wonderful. Please don't forget to go connect with all of our guests on Daily Drop-In. If you are receiving, receiving our emails every Monday morning, you also have direct links to be able to connect with them there as well. So feel free to utilize that resource that you should be getting every single morning on Mondays to get you started for the week here on Daily Drop-In. Mona, thank you so much for waking up early and talking shop with us. I know there was so much we were able to dive into and people will be really appreciative of that. Yes, Ray, thank you for having me. I, like I said, I enjoyed it thoroughly and would, if you ever need a filler even last minute, let me know, I'll get up early and come around with you. Because uh, th- this is fun. I, like I said, I could do this all day. So fun. I so appreciate you. And for everyone here, don't forget, uh, it is April. So this is the last month to submit to our Teach Better conference. 
That conference will be October 14th and 15th in Akron, Ohio. And so if you are interested in, yes, in Akron, I told you, we do have an Ohio connection, but if any of you are interested in submitting a session, you can do that over at teachbetter.com or teachbetterconference.com. And that needs to be turned in before the end of the month. So Mona, we'd love to see you at all the conferences, maybe in Illinois, maybe in Ohio, who knows? Well, maybe we should talk about that so I can figure out if I can submit. I think it sounds like a great idea. We'll do that here in just a minute. But for everyone else, we will see you later. Happy, happy Thursday. Of course, let us know if you need anything. And we'll see you tomorrow morning.